Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Eric Feigl, and I'm joined today by Paul Argent, who is the uh, owner of Human Movement and uh, out of London, England, and he is a muscle activation technique specialist. So uh, I'm sure many of you have heard of MAT, or uh, and I've also heard people uh, reference it as MAT uh, performance, but um, I'm not super familiar with uh, muscle activation technique. I, I know some people around the Cincinnati area that, that deal with it with um, athletes, but I've never really experienced it myself. And when I, when I came across Paul's, I think it was via Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, I, I was really caught by his website, um, which if you know, everybody who's been listening to the show knows that I'm big into kinesiology. So his website is humanmovement.com, human-movement.com. So obviously I clicked on it and I started diving into it and I got a good feel from it because he, he centers all of his uh, work around client performance and how they feel and how they move through throughout their day and you know, keeping people healthy and safe and active. So uh, I think he's going to share a lot of knowledge about hopefully how, how practitioners can help their clients and, and people they work with and um, a lot more too. So without further ado, Paul, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, I know it's late over there, so we'll we'll try to. We'll no try problem. To I got the coffee. We're we're all ready here. Coffee? <laughs> you're not you're not sleeping tonight. We're pulling it all night. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style, man. I like your style. Um, well, tell a little bit of people. Fill in some gaps uh, for stuff that I missed. Tell us more about who you are and what you do. Sure. Okay. So. Um... I graduated with a, an exercise science degree and kind of fell into personal training, I would say, is the best way to put it. Um, I was going along there for a while. Um, and then I started to get what could be termed a couple of challenge, challenging clients, I would say. So people that, um, that you load, you do things with, and they get worse, they don't get better. <laughs> so therein really started my journey into exactly why this was and how I could be confident that I could help everybody that, that everybody and anybody that came in through the door really so that took me down the route of following uh, physiotherapy models I started a master's in injury rehab here in London and then around the same time, I discovered um, MAT. Um, so I had a couple of um, exceptionally challenging clients by this point. Um, one lady in particular was a, uh, she'd had a total hip replacement at the age of 35, which was quite yep. unusual. Yep. Um, and she'd been left with chronic knee pain as a result of the operation. 
So at that point, I was working with some um, very good physiotherapists in um, Southwest London, and we, we just couldn't help her. Uh, you know, she'd had like 60, 60 sessions of physiotherapy, um, plus, you know, uh, the rehab stuff I was doing with her. And if anything, she was getting worse. So I'd come across MAT. I'd been reading, reading about it. Um, and at that time, there was nobody in London that was really doing it. So I contacted a guy that um, was one of the first practitioners, uh, one of the first people to go through the course in the States. Um, and he said, well, listen, you know, I've just started. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, like a lot of us, like a lot of us. Yeah, do it. <laughs> exactly. Honest, I thought. So I, I went to see him, had a chat. Wasn't totally convinced, but um, kind of bookmarked it in my head with this lady in particular. Um, so went along another few months and still the same problem this, with this lady. And I was actually thinking about another, another client. He, th this guy said some interesting things to me and they were kind of going around in my mind when I was looking at, looking at these people that, so for, first of all, you know, weakness is the major issue. It's, it's the issue that's behind most people's problems. It's just a question of how, how, how do we find it and how do we know what's weak? So this was kind of going on in my mind. I went back to him after about six months and said, you know, listen, this lady's not getting any better. I think I've got another lady that it would make sense for you to work with. I'm going to refer them in. Do, do your best. So right. I sat in on the sessions. And after 10 sessions, the, the hip replacement lady was um, out of pain, which was pretty remarkable. And then the, the other lady who was um, a professional golfer, with back pain, um, within a few, a few weeks, she was out of pain. So, you know, what could I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I started actually working with this guy. Um, and then, um, I did, there's two, there's two MAT courses, really. There's a one, one's called a jump start, which is, um, about four weekends, which is an excellent course. And then the internship, which is the full on program just about nine months. So um, I threw myself into first the jump start, then the internship. And um, yeah, never really looked back from that point. So, you know, most of my clients are people that have been through the medical process, uh, be that physiotherapy or perhaps osteopathy, and haven't really got the results they wanted, you know, they, they, they want to get back to their sport. Um, I'm in the city here in London, uh, in the financial area. So there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of Taipei personalities, a lot of guys that want to get back into their triathlons, want to get back into their marathons, um, play their golf and, you know, lead, lead a, lead a, an active lifestyle and they've been injured and they, you know, they can't seem to get, get back to where they were. So, that's where I come in. <laughs> right. So let, let's say, um, you know, what's that process look like from start to finish? Like, is everybody that you work with, do they automatically go through, um, like some, some MAT 
right off the bat or do you kind of do you, do you train them and then identify weakness or identify weakness train mat how does that fit into your overall process sure so um everybody starts off on the on on the treatment table really so we assess range of motion so yep. i'll, I'll move right through their body from how their feet are moving, ankles, tibia, hips, trunk, uh, shoulders, um, probably stop there um, in, in the first instance. And then I just, I'm looking for asymmetry. So I'm looking for things that somebody can do on one side of their body, but they can't seem to do on the other. And that okay. gives me a pretty good indication as to where I'm going to find muscles that aren't contracting particularly well. So I make a list um, and I kind of triage them according to uh, the person's symptoms, what they're trying to do, their history. Um, and then we slowly work through the biggest restrictions. So each, each session, um, we would work through one range of, range of motion. So one session would be, for example, their ability to rotate their hip inwards. And we'd look at every single muscle that has the potential to do that on the limited side. Um, and then we'd move to say the trunk or down to the ankle until I've got a pretty good idea of, first of all, uh, what's weak. And exactly um, from there, I'm, I'm starting to piece a resistance training program together. Um, to get them stronger and move them away from, from their situation. So, you know, remember that most of these people that come to see me are in some kind of pain. So sure. they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to get back to exercise. So it, it's a question of finding exactly the root cause of, of, of their, their problem, um, doing what we can to improve that, and then transitioning them slowly into a more um, how could you say traditional exercise uh, model got it got it so what does that process look like does it vary between an athlete or someone who you would consider an athlete um, versus general public or is the process a little different for each uh, yeah good question I, I generally speaking the the more active the person the more stuff they have going on Right. The more, the more quickly they respond. So, okay. you know, their the systems are good. They're, they're used to exercise. The diet's good. They're sleeping. Uh, they know how to train. So they, and that, that probably works as well in terms of age. So the younger the person, you know, I'm talking 20s, 30s, even 40s, they'll, they'll start to progress relatively quickly the older the person or the longer this person has been away from exercise. So they're not really an exercise person. They've just got all this stuff going on. Sure. Um, the longer, the longer that's going to take pretty much, I guess you could say, you know, this, you would judge that on how somebody, you know, you'd have the same experience with somebody, you know, somebody comes to see you, they're 65, they haven't done exercise the whole life. They're in pain it's going to take longer. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's, you know, early thirties. Yeah, sure. They've been, they've been bashing themselves around, but fundamentally they're in, they're in good shape. And, the, and those kind of people, they're going to know their body pretty well. Right. I mean, if you, exactly. you know, you tell them to, 
to name a spot where the pain, you know, it is resonating from, or you tell them to press so hard or push so hard, they're going to give you pretty adequate response. I'd imagine. Um, yeah. Whereas some, whereas someone who has, like you said, absolutely zero background in, in activity, they're going to come in kind of, a, I mean, that's a blank slate really, which might be a good thing sometimes. I know, you know, I, I kind of always appreciate a blank slate when somebody comes in to me and says, I've never seen half of these, this, this equipment. I get kind of excited <laughs> because it, because you know that you, you know, they're not yeah. messed up. You can kind of, you can mold them to what you want them to be really. But so I don't know if, if it's that big in, uh, in England or, um, you know, around abouts where you are, but in the States prehab has become really uh, really big and that in the notion that people who are going into surgery will, will do prehab exercises, which honestly are not that much different than, um, than, you know, rehab or post hab exercises. But is that, is that pretty common uh, from what, from what you're seeing they're starting to take off? And if so, how do you, how do you apply MAT to, to people who are going into surgery? Um, yeah, sure. So I, I don't really deal with that many, many people pre-surgery. Um, so I have had recently, a, um, a gentleman that did, did an, did an ACL and saw me for probably two months be before he, he had surgery. And then I saw him immediately afterwards. So that's probably the, the only one that I can think of recently, but yeah, for sure. So uh, it definitely seemed to help him. Um, and I'm pretty much looking at the same things. I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I was thinking in his case, I just need to stabilize the knee and then I'm going to look at the hip above and then I'm going to look at how the ankle's moving below and just make sure that's as solid as I can get it. Yep. Um, so he's able to go about his um, activities of daily living, if you like. Um, but that definitely seemed to have a marked um, uh, effect when he came out of surgery as well. I mean, he, he, it was kind of like he just lost two or three weeks. <laughs> it was, oh, wow. That's it was awesome. very strange. Yeah, it was very strange. But uh, I don't want to give the impression that I do a lot of those. I don't. I'm, I'm not medical. So typically people will go through uh, a physiotherapist first. And then when they want to start to transition to exercise, that's the point that um, they would likely come and see me. Okay. And I think I saw that person. Is that person on your Instagram? Did you show like a before and after picture of his knee? Oh, was there so no, somebody that, else? That was another gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really interesting one. <laughs> so, but th you know, this is a good indication. And, you know, I know you have lots of different kinds of listeners, um, but, in terms of the effect that a fitness professional could have on somebody post-surgery. So, so this was a gentleman that was actually, um, he had had a very unfortunate accident. He'd just fallen over on the tube basically. And he'd um, ruptured his, um, um, his patella tendon. Oh. So, <laughs> Uh, so they reattached it um, and there were a few complications with the, um, in the immediate aftermath of the operation. Um, he got an infection and they were very slow on the, on the, on the rehab. 
So as a result of that, he had like, you know, minimal knee flexion and he was kind of stuck there. So he came in and I took a look at the exercises that he was doing and he was doing everything he could possibly do for the, for the quads, which are the obvious victims of, a, of an incident like that. But in the range that he was most limited, in other words, the knee flexion, you know, I mean, you, you know, people go to the, my website or um, onto um, Instagram, they'll see the pictures. Um, that nobody, they, nobody was, the only thing people were doing, the, the, the rehab specialists were doing for that was to try to move it passively. So he was being asked to force his knee into further flexion. Right. So he's just wrapping a band around it and then just dragging it towards him. But, you know, if, if we think about, about what that does for the, for the muscular system, it, it does very little, right? So you're just passively moving a joint through range. And when we start, started to look at the performance of his knee flexors, so how well they were contracting, he had nothing. <laughs> you know, I was putting him in positions and uh, asking him to... Um, to just stop me from moving him with a very low level force and he could do nothing about it. So the prognosis for that gentleman and, you know, and I'm not saying this is me, this is, this is anybody with this thought process could, could deliver this. He was six weeks out for a sec, from a second surgery. Oh. So he, <laughs> because of the knee flexion limit. So as a result of nobody looking at his knee flexors in terms of the rehab, he was going to have another surgery. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, I mean, I know your healthcare systems work slightly differently over there, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, the, and this was on the, this is the national health service over here. So, you know, it's not, it's not a bad system. It's It has limitations, but you know, the, these were decent physiotherapists and they were doing everything within their remit to help him, but they're working off a protocol. And the protocol states that, you know, after this kind of um, surgery, you really need to get those, those quads working. And they've done that very well. <laughs> but, you know, for the, for the knee flexion limit, they were clueless. So, you know, th this, this, this way of thinking, and it, it enables you to help a lot of people that would otherwise be, you know, and this gentleman was, you know, he's, he's like late 30s, early 40s. Wow wants to live an active life again. And, you know, I'm just thinking, wow, you know, where, where would that possibly have left, have left him? And more trauma to the joint. The same thing coming out the other side of it, because they're still going to look at the same, the same things. So, yeah, it's really interesting. So that's an interesting case. People can take a look at that and then they can maybe get an idea of exactly, you know, some of the possibilities with this stuff. If you're just looking at the, you know, the performance of the muscular system, you can do a lot in terms of helping people. Yeah, I mean the 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 end and the beginning pictures. They're, I mean, you can't deny that there's something else, you know, going on there for sure. But you know, when a person like that comes in, and then you get them to that end range that you want, uh -huh. um, is that is that the starting point for their strength training, or Absolutely. are they so that's just a, so they don't touch, they're not doing like any kind of lower body strength training with you at least until. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that gentleman in particular. So we've we've now just started to um, to load 
those those knee flexors. Okay. So previous to that, um, I'm just uh, I've given him some low level isometrics to work on on the ability of those muscles to contract between sessions. So here he has an uh, an exercise program of of isometrics that he works through, um, and then once those muscles are holding up through his um, daily life, then I start to um, then I start to reinforce that work with more um, traditional uh, weight training. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I I just didn't know if you know if he was if he has one healthy leg, then he could you know potentially be training that side and oh, yeah, um, he, usually, he could, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you I, usually. Usually, if I have somebody come in and they're and they're injured or they're going to rehab or whatever it is, mm. uh, you know, obviously, especially lower body, people automatically say like, you know, if they stub their right toe, they're like, oh, I can't train lower body. Sorry, like, <laughs> ah. you know, you're like, oh, actually, yeah, you can. And uh, but especially, you know, w- w- with a surgery or something, uh, and there's plenty of research that that shows how training the 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 uninjured limb, whatever it is, upper body or lower body, slows atrophy in, in the one that is, is injured. So, absolutely, um, yeah. It's really yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, we just didn't do that because he didn't have the, you know, we were just focused on, okay, we just need to avoid the second surgery. <laughs> right, yeah, no kidding. We're yeah. going to get to, to, to the limit that the surgeon considers uh, acceptable for the time being. Um, and then we can really get after everything. And we, that's really where we're at now. So right on. So one thing I thought was really interesting, uh, a brief conversation we had before we actually scheduled the podcast was we talked about the current model of fitness and we talked about the importance that a fitness professional plays because right. there, there is such a broad spectrum of what a fitness professional is. And I thought it was really interesting in the aspect that, um, you're taking because it's because of the people that you do see who are, you know, coming out of that surgery realm. Um, I think that it maybe you know, we get your feedback too, but as a fitness professional, it's, we have a duty to not only deliver, and I'm maybe I'm speaking in particular as a personal trainer, right? Someone who sees most of my people that I see want to come in and they want to have a solid workout and move on right? Yeah. They, they know it's important. They know they need to be strong, stay strong. They want to be challenged. They want some creativity. They want something new and different. Not all the time. My workouts are pretty darn simple when it comes down to it, but they're challenging and effective. And, um, but anyway, it's, it's our duty to, to make sure that what we deliver as a fitness professional um, is benefiting those people on the outside of the gym also. It's not just a one-stop, hey, okay, cool, see you in a couple of days, you're done. Hopefully you can see, uh, they can see the benefit of what the workout has, been, has, has done on the outside. If you get somebody that comes to you and says, hey, you won't believe this, but I actually picked up a 20-pound box of uh, you know, whatever it is the other day without any pain, and yeah. I couldn't do that before you know, I was training. I mean, those yeah. are the kind of things I think that are – hopefully coming more to the forefront uh, without overstepping, you know, into, into what a medical professional would be, of course, man, I, I don't want to take anything away from them. That's, that's, uh, it's not my point, but it's just, we have to take a step back and realize that the, the services that we're delivering go above and beyond what we see in, in the gym. Uh, 
and I, you know, I know you agreed and I know you had a lot of other insight on that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think not everybody, but to, to a certain extent, I think the fitness industry is kind of, um, it's kind of lost its way a little bit. That, I mean, that, that's my perception. So um, I was listening to your, a couple of your previous uh, podcasts. Uh, I've forgotten the gentleman's name, um, the, the guy that runs basic training up in um, uh, Bill. Bill. P- uh, in, in, uh, Bill, Bill Pichette. Oh, 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 God, there's so many Bills on the podcast. Yeah, the, the Nautilus uh, gentleman. Yep, the- yep. Arthur, Arthur I'll, I'll, I'll look his name up while you're, uh, yeah. while you're talking about him. So, so you, you know, I feel that in, in, in maybe the 70s, the 80s, I mean, we, we had a lot of the answers um, about how to strength train and how to make people stronger human beings. You know, I mean, that, that's my goal. I mean, whatever people want to do with their bodies, I want to try and give them the muscular system to be able to, to sustain that, you know? So people enjoy playing golf. They want to run 400 meters in a particular time. They want to do a marathon, you know, whatever they want to do with their bodies. I think as fitness professionals, it's our responsibility to, to make sure their muscular system is, is capable of delivering that for them because otherwise, you know, there's, there's problems, there's implications then for their joints, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I, and, you know, and that can include, you know, uh, grandparents picking up their, their grandchildren without pain in the back or without worrying about it, um, you know, playing around the golf, going for a walk, um, any of these things. So I think, unfortunately, and this is probably true of, of, of a number of industries, but the fitness industry in particular, I feel, is particularly prone to, to fads and right. fashion. So instead of people following uh, science-based strength training programs, you know, they go and do this class, which is the latest thing. They go and pick up this piece of equipment, which is the latest thing. They stand on the vibrating plate. They do, you know, there's all kinds of things that they do that have no real basis in terms of science and what these things will do for their, for, for their muscular system, for, for their bodies, for, for their lives. And, you know, that's a shame. That's a shame because, you know, as, as you know, and as I'm sure a lot of people that are listening know, you know, resistance training, if it's done well, is, is life-changing. Yep. And, you know, I, I mean that, you know, it, it can literally change people's perception of exactly where they are in their life. You know, <laughs> yeah. Get people that I get people that come in here. I'm sure you do. They're 60. They think they're broken down. They think this is it. <laughs> they're on, you know, they're just managing the decline and you know, you, you give them some exercises as long as it's sensible and it's done right. They feel great. They're like, I can't believe I didn't do this, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> like, right. That? You know, they've been following all this fatty stuff. They've been running. You know, that's a classic as well. People were running for like three hours a week. But they can't reach up to the top cupboard to get down the baked beans or, or whatever without screwing their back up. So, 
you know, for me, and this is what I, I took from, from, from your conversations, uh, the ones I've listened to so far, the strength training is the basis for everything that you want to do. Oh, 100%. So it, it, it's, it's not something necessarily that you do in isolation, but it, it's, it's maintenance. You know, you, you drive your car, you take it in for a check every now and then. This, this is maintenance for your muscular system. And it's your muscular system that gives you the freedom to do the things that you want to do in life. So if you neglect that, then, you know, there are all kinds of consequences for that. But if you do it right, then the upsides are, you know, endless. Right. Right. Endless. And the guy, the guy I think you were talking about was uh, Bill Crawford. Mm. Bill Crawford. Yeah. Bill Crawford. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got it going on in, uh, I think he's out of Arizona. (laughs) That's yeah, it. he's yeah. It, it, and he talk about keeping it as simple as you possibly can. But you right. know, you you brought up another a good point because twenty years ago, you know, the fitness industry looked a hell of a lot different than it does now. Yeah. And you go back thirty to forty years ago, it's something completely different where uh, it was basically centered around bodybuilding. You know, if yeah. you lifted weights, then you're going to get big, you're going to get huge, and that's and if you lift weights, that was your only reason to. Which yeah. is, which is obviously we know now, uh, you know, completely garbage, but, uh, you know, the people who do that, nothing wrong with that. It's a different style of training, but that does, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. That's very thought out and planned just like right. any, just like any strength training program should be thought out and planned. And, um, right. you know, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be this meticulous thing where you write down every single weight and rep. And I know people wanted to make it, make it that. And at one time I was like that too, but I think if you focus on what the body does in the planes of motions that you use it in the most and you train those muscles effectively in those planes, that's what makes the most sense to me. Um, but like you said, you know, if, if, if a person is supplementing it with, uh, you know, a little bit of yoga, guess what? If you strength train and do yoga, you're going to get better at yoga. You know, you're going to be able to hold, hold that pose longer. You're going to be able to um, rock climb more efficiently, play basketball better, everything everything i mean it's it's i think when people get in trouble the most is when when we're force fed that you know i don't not to not to pick i i tend to do this a lot i I, i'm not trying to pick on yogis but people who who tend to practice yoga are just 100 percent all in no matter what and there are some in my opinion some of the most injured people that i see it especially in their back and their joints because they're so hyper mobile um, because they're so flexible that they, they've pretty much gone into a state of, um, I don't want to say they're weak people. They're not weak people, but I, for instance, I have, I have a, a client who literally reduced the amount of yoga he was doing, uh, increased one day of strength training and he has no more lower back pain. And he was doing, and he was doing yoga simply for, lower back pain um, relief and and now he's completely pain-free he told me today i trained him and he was like you won't believe this i've been pain-free for you know weeks and I'm like dude that's fantastic yeah. you know it's but again and i don't want to say in moderation because obviously we all know that you have to you know send a stimulus to the body let it receive it let it repair do it again keep it going and like you said with sensible training techniques sensible programming um, strength training is by far the best bang for your buck cardiovascularly, muscular, skeletally. I mean, you can't, 
nothing compares. And this kind of you know scales back to one thing that that we touched on briefly a few days ago was I don't like seeing the industry go where again here's something else that I've I've kind of picked on is where CrossFit has been the gold standard for what strength training should be. Right. When the when when the people that the general public see on the CrossFit games and all that crap they see people who are number one, they're genetically gifted. They are, it's not like they're injury free because they're not. And, and competition shouldn't be the strength training. The exercise shouldn't be competition unless you're doing like powerlifting or something. That's a totally different ball game. Right. But, but so again, we're stuck in like this, this battle back and forth between, um, what's right and what's new and flashy and what has worked for some, but not for others. And what is like this overarching uh, umbrella for what works for most people. And I really do think, you know, if you add in things like the techniques that you're doing to help people recover from, from injury, help them prevent injury in with some sensible strength training a few days a week, you know, that's, I mean, for the general, for the what can, what more can you ask for? Absolutely. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, like this gentleman I mentioned uh, said to me uh, some years back now. So, what, I mean, what's, what's, what's the fundamental problem here? Is it, you know, is it, is it that people are, are, are tight? You know, if, if, going on to your to your yoga example if, if people just stretch the hell out of themselves does that help <laughs> well you know what, what exactly does that do what does let's say a pilates class do what does um a trx class i don't know i don't really even follow this stuff anymore so you know what what, what do these things do but the fundamental issue is that people are weak you know, that, right. that, yes. yep. that's the, the, the bottom line. So, you know, you just have to get people stronger in a, in, in a way that they're capable of doing. So, you know, we know how to do these things. It's, this is not brain surgery. This is uh, a biological process. As you say, you just expose the tissue to a little bit more than it's used to and it repairs stronger. Like this is not, it's not, uh, it's not rocket surgery, as my little one says. So, you know, it, it, it can be done. So it's very frustrating when you, when yeah. you kind of look at uh, an industry and you think, well, we're, we're actually going backwards. Like there are health club chains in London that are now and have been for a few years now moving very good equipment out so they oh, can no. create functional training zones. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't get me started on functional so, training. I mean, it's really. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, there's, um, you know, that's great. You can pick up decent equipment for not very much, not very much money, but um, yeah. there's a, you know, this, uh, <laughs> there's a great example in the, um, so there's a Gary Bannister book who, who was. Um, oh yeah. I know Gary yeah. Bannister. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he's yeah. uh, he was a student of Arthur, jo- um, Arthur Jones and uh, you know, come, oh, comes yeah. from kind of Nautilus medics. Uh, background so he's he's in some flashy um uh, exercise facility (laughs) and he sees um a therapist tying an elastic band to a medex torso rotation machine sixty thousand dollars worth of machinery and 
he's having the, the, the person do some kind of ridiculous trunk exercise with the elastic band. And he has, you know, the thing that was designed to do the very thing that he's trying to do right next to him. He, in fact, he's tied a band to it. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that, you know, that's, it's ludicrous. You know, it's ludicrous. So, you know, the, the not understanding force, deciding that all machines are bad. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Every, everything's got to be done as one. You can't isolate anything because nothing works in isolation. I mean, it's, it's all nonsense. And, you know, as a result, people aren't getting better. They're not improving because, you know, they're not doing a leg extension because that's bad for them. So they're doing this ridiculous lunge with like three different twists. <laughs> yeah. You know, come on, you know, just find the thing that's weak, get after it a little bit in a sensible way and, and the person improves. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, Gary, Gary has been on the podcast. Really? I yeah, that. you should you should check him out. It's one of the earlier ones. It's, okay. it's a really really good podcast. The guy's he's incredible. And actually, he's um, he's the tag in my email too. At the very end of my email, I have one of his quotes. And I mean, it's just oh, I'm gonna it, I'm gonna go back and see. I mean, the, uh, he's he's incredible. the book's excellent. But you know, this is a guy coming from you know 20, 20 30 years ago, and he, yep. the, what he's saying now is is just as relevant because he's oh. right. Yeah, longer, longer than that, 40 or 50 years ago. Right. I mean, he's, he still trains clients. Right. I mean, the, guy, the guy's, you know, in his 70s, probably 80s, and he still, he still works with clients. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, the, the, the people, some people that I deal with on occasion will, will kind of, I don't know why machines get such a bad rap. And I, and I wrote a short article, and maybe I'll link it to uh, this podcast that says it that it's titled a case for machines and it's just people want the latest and the greatest right yeah but you know what the latest and the greatest is in strength training it's not the kettlebell it's not it's not it's not any kind of uh big long bar you swing around your head it's it's strength machines yeah that's that that truly is the latest and the greatest invention that we have but nobody wants to use it because yeah. we've been sold like this you know, you see pictures of these machines in like these small health clubs and they put like an older, an elderly person on them, uh, pushing this machine and they're smiling, they're happy. Everybody's like, well, I don't want to be like that. Well, <laughs> right to, to me, I'm like right there, that elderly person on that machine is 10 times smarter than that person poo-pooing it. You know, like that's, the, these yeah. things are built and designed. And then people, like you mentioned the, uh, the functional thing, these, these machines are built, they're designed to functionally put direct stress on a muscle group right. and then people come back and they just, and the whole thing is that they say, well, what's functional about sitting inside of a machine and pressing yeah. when we don't yeah. do that, when we don't do that, yeah. you know, on the outside. Right. But you also don't swing a bat for a living, but you know, people have to exercise to get better at that. You don't, <laughs> I mean, there's just, the list can go on, but to pick out like to, to pick on a machine and say, it's not functional when if you try to push something and you don't know how to uh, actually yeah strengthen your quads your hamstrings your glutes to help you push something or to i mean what do you how else are you supposed to I, I'm, I'm starting to not make sense because i'm getting all flustered like i'm pacing around my living room right now, but you understand what i'm what you understand what i'm saying functionality is all in all is an all in relevance to what muscle group you're training that's my absolutely point. <laughs> and, and it's like so so your your nervous system is so stupid that it can't 
incorporate strength because you you stimulated it in a in a seated position. It's like what well, if you hurt yourself, you limp within a millisecond, right? Your right. nervous system is just it's just worked out a workaround for that. But if somehow you get let's say strong adductors by sitting on an adduction machine, of course it can work out what to do with it. Like it's yeah. insane. And That's there's, a good no, there's, point. there's no science behind that whatsoever. It's just this concept that, you know, that's just been put out there because on some level people say, well, you know, because people sit eight hours a day, why, why would they sit in a machine? Yeah, but it's like, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so, because, because you're making your muscles stronger, that's why. So they can move more efficiently yeah. throughout the day. So you have better posture when you are sitting for eight hours a day. I mean, that, that's the very meaning of function, isn't it? Improving yes. how somebody moves, in, improving yes. their strength. That is function. Preach. Gospel. <laughs> Gospel. I like it, Paul. That's, well, I mean, that's, that's essentially, that, I mean, that's it. That's, but, you know, the, at, at, the, at the root of all of this are, as you say, there's a bunch of people that aren't getting the help that they need because they're, they're being given uh, nonsense advice, you know, so yeah. they're, getting, they're not getting better. Yeah. And that's why. So, yep. you know, it's up, to, it's up to any of us that have, been around long enough to realize what's right and what's not to say, Hey, you know, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to realize that. And I've been training for 10 years and I, and I, which is young, I have a young, very young career. And I hope to be training for another 50 years, but you know, yeah. to, to sit back and be able to say, and, and be lucky enough to not go through like all the ups and downs and just buy into all the BS. You know, I don't, you know, I don't own a CrossFit gym. I don't own a TRX studio. I, I mean, it's just hopefully, but like you said, you know, it's the people that we're trying to help. Unfortunately, those, the other people in the industry, the other quote unquote professionals are the ones that are making our job harder when it should be, it should be an open discussion of, Hey, let's, let's try to find the best uh, way that everybody can benefit. But, you know, it's hard when you have people that are shuffling people through, um, you know, just like a body weight circuit every, every hour on the hour and, you know, throwing med balls and, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that I don't use med balls. I don't use resistance bands. I do. Okay. They're, they're a tool. People, people enjoy them, but when it comes down to it, you know, I use solid strength training principles, push, pull, upper body, lower body. We're going to get the muscle closest to uh, yeah. complete fatigue as possible. But when, when you're, when you, when those people are doing it for the sole purpose of just saying they, they've trained somebody, they got their heart rate up, they broke a sweat. So, you know, at least I did something today, but you're just handing over your $10 to this person who just doesn't give a shit what kind of workout you really have. You know, and doesn't really, the workout doesn't actually benefit you in any way, but just because you sweat, you know, that, that's a sign of a good workout. That's horse yeah. crap. That's crap. Yeah. I mean, you can have a, you can have a strong curry and you can sweat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little extra chipotle, a little chipotle on your uh, burrito and you're, you're lit, you're on fire.
<laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I didn't mean for this whole thing to turn into like a negative rant. I, I hope people aren't taking it that way. The point is when. No, and you know, there's, there's a lot of well-meaning people, uh, uh, you know, in the industry. And, and I don't think people do things to hurt other people. I think, you know, when they apply this stuff, they, they truly, you know, and I used to do that stuff as well. You know, I've, I've followed that, that pathway. So yep. I, I, I think, I think it's just up to, it's up to the, the, the companies that educate people to, to really to step up and, and give people the right information. I, I think that's, that's where it comes from because, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. it is a shame. But, you know, it, it, it takes a couple small steps and people hear this and they, and they start uh, applying it to their own training and their clients' training and hopefully things get better. Just don't, you know, just don't diverge. That's, I think, what the best we can hope for, really. Just stay on track. Know, do what you know what is right. And uh, the right people will find you. So, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Paul, if, if anybody has any other questions, comments, concerns, what's the uh, best way to get a hold of you? Uh, so they can email me, paul at uh, human-movement.com. Um, the site's human-movement.com. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on there. There's a couple of downloads. They're most welcome to sign up um, to my mailing list. Um, and yeah, yeah, stay in touch. I'd be, I'd be happy to uh, field any questions. Be great. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, look, I, I know it's getting late on your end. It's just uh, barely the end of the workday in the States, but you... <laughs> but you... You're up at five or something silly, aren't you? Oh, first of all, it's four. Okay, don't... Oh. don't it's for, don't don't take away my hour, okay? I like to rub that in people's faces as much as I can. Four o'clock. My God, uh, <laughs> yeah. unbelievable! But, uh, you know, it's the American way. Just drag yourself into the ground. You know, incredible, um, incredible. Right. <laughs> well, finish your coffee. Try to get some sleep, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show. Get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.